If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, guess whose birthday it is soon? Is it yours soon? Yes. It's also mine soon. When's your birthday? Tomorrow. Oh, yours is much sooner than mine. Yeah. I hope you've got my present ready. Uh, I, I, I do. I, do you have mine for next week? Is it co-commentary on a podcast? That was exactly what I wanted. Yes. Oh, how did you know? <laughs> Incredible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yancy Crochet. I'm joined by Matty Sliver, as always. Hey, good morning, everybody. Just uh, address it. Yes, Jack Packard might potentially come back at some point. He's just very busy making Adventures Nye right now. That's why he's he been Marty every week lately. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about games that the industry should rip off more. Because as reviewers, we're very much observant of current trends. Mm -hmm. And it seems everyone's just ripping off Dark Souls and uh, a couple of other titles at the moment. Yeah. I was going to say, before before we start off, what, what, what are some of the games that you think we keep seeing either inspiration or, or flat out plagiarism from like obviously well, dark souls has been the thing du jour over the past decade um yeah we see a lot of that in the indie space there's a lot of 2d mm-hmm. dark souls flapping about and uh not so much triple a souls these these days the triple a's are either your assassin's creed style open world the jiminy yep. cockthroat stealth and uh cat crafting and collectibles ghost or- trains all the ghost train rides, like you guided to the mm-hmm. galaxy, your Last of Us is your, your cinematic narrative experience. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen, um, obviously, I think Breath of the Wild had a big uh, big impact, you know, five plus years ago um, that, that we're yeah. still seeing in games. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, like Ubisoft's stamp has kind of become a thing du jour. Um, yeah, it took seen... a while for the Breath of the Wild clones to come out because it takes a while to make Breath of the Wild style games, I assume. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah and then um yeah obviously even this we we had the closed alpha this weekend we played um on game night for multiverses so between that and that (sighs) nickelodeon game it seems like people want their own smash brothers yeah that's weird i mean yeah smash brothers has been a thing for a while there was that playstation all-stars battle royale thing that was trying to rip it off Mm-hmm. which didn't go down terribly well. No, no, not at like all. like half not the characters all. in it were just white dude. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out at the time that PlayStation's first party was just a lot of uh, a lot of uh, coal from Infamous. Yeah. Twice. He, he was yeah. a character twice in PlayStation All-Stars. Yeah, that's right. He was good, good coal and bad coal. Then yeah. there's Nickelodeon, or Cartoon Network, rather. And then there's, yeah. uh, as you say, Multiversus, which has the most random selection of characters yeah it was actually though it was we had a lot of fun with it on uh, over the weekend and and it got the casey seal of approval and casey's someone with like thousands of hours in smash so um what well, does I, it have I feel any like that's uh, an important seal of approval does it have any unique mechanics worth mentioning? uh it was interesting how different every character felt and how it felt like they fought um 
very reflective of their property. So like Tom and Jerry are a character mm-hmm. and Tom isn't a, Tom's the cat, right? Yeah. Tom yes. cat. Um, he isn't attacking the other characters. He's trying to attack Jerry, but his oh. attacks will hurt the other characters. So like his attacks are all about like trying to smash a mallet onto Jerry, but Jerry dodges it. But then that mallet obviously can hit, um, well, the other characters. sounds like quirky fun. So I'm guessing yeah. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo's skills mainly are themed around eating large sandwiches. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, he eats large sandwiches and then goes Super Saiyan, which is very, um, that part I was a little confused by. But Well, that was a thing, wasn't it? In the show, they'd eat Scooby snacks and get poop superpowers Popeye style. Yeah, this was very much a like, like he was going Super Saiyan. Like he had an aura around him and his hair was flipping up and he was screaming and his power level was rising. So, yeah. Huh. Anime Shaggy. That's anime Shaggy, finally. Fighting uh, anime. Yeah, and then Arya obviously. Stark. Uh, yeah, Arya Stark and, and uh, LeBron James finally together at last um and then obviously we've seen a lot of 4v1 games we just had the release of evil dead um you know there's friday yeah. the 13th dead by daylight it seemed like a lot of that stemmed from evolve yeah well evil dead's more left for dead style isn't it um because you know, friday you know 13th it's for, evolve. 4v1? Uh, i mean it is 4v1 yeah someone plays like the evil entity so oh, didn't know that yeah i haven't really had much yeah. interest in playing evil dead mm-hmm. the game apparently it has a single player mode but not sure. Well, they always well, say okay. they do, don't they? But it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just bots. Yeah. It hardly counts. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the small selection of games that are catered for in the mm-hmm. big money sector right now. So what should they be ripping off? What's because apparently we can't just count on them to just come up with original ideas. No, and this is partly I'm not like the games I've listed aren't wholesale oh just make a game like blank i'm thinking more of like specific elements of games right. um well you were in charge of the like thumbnail so i was in charge of so why don't we just go through those because people complain if we don't bring up the game that appears on the thumbnail I've that is that. true so Sorry, the- sometimes i just i just list things in the thumbnail and then they appear on it and i'm like oh, maybe we'll talk about mm-hmm. it or maybe not but uh, i noticed death stranding on there and that is certainly mm-hmm. a fairly unique game experience. Yeah. So the uh, the element that stands out to me is the like that core social strand system, which to get it out of the way is very much a kind of like you know Kojima gonna Kojima kind of thing. And if you like Kojima, then you're probably gonna dig it. But um, I really loved how everything in that game felt like you were doing like you were doing all these things in the game altruistically. And that the multiplayer was you weren't just building these things for yourself, but you were building these things so that the person behind you, who you will never meet, who is just a random stranger online, will be able to utilize some of that and be able to make their journey a little bit easier. Whether it's, you know, putting a ladder in a certain spot or creating zip lines or leaving packages. Um, in the same way, I think we talked about journey a few weeks ago in this whole thing. It it it, mm. it felt especially playing it like you know came out right before the pandemic it felt like this level of sort of altruism and we're in it all together that you don't see a lot in games and it had that kojima sincerity to it which can be sometimes eye-rolly and silly but i think really worked for me in death stranding kojima brand sincerity yes yeah yeah he very sincerely likes watching attractive women with ruined bodies (laughs) 
Yes, but when you realize that quiet needs to be naked to breathe, you're going to feel bad, aren't you? Oh, well, <laughs> makes so much more sense now. But yes, Death Stranding is full of unique mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's almost the only example of an actual walking simulator where yeah. walking is the skill challenge. Yeah, you have to yeah. Just balance as much bullshit on yourself and uh, try to get to places, and you actually get to see nice environments as you hike yeah. across them. Yeah, certainly not. I mean, it's supposed to be American. I don't think a lot of it is very American-y, considering that they like did a lot of modeling after Iceland and everything. But Well, America um, covers a lot of the paces. That is true, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it feels like you do, there wasn't that level of sort of, you know, like you mentioned walking mechanics. We see it sometimes in um, indie games, you know, like like Quop and, and Octodad and, and Bennett Foddy's getting up, but yeah, not we rarely that see extent. that. No, no, not at all. Know. Yeah. Because that's just, you know, sort of uh, deliberate, deliberately Plastic. difficult to control. Yeah. Uh, just mess around with the physics games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but but yeah, I mean, I think either of those elements, you know, I don't want to see that sort of uh, uh, minutia dependent walking in all of my open world games. Mm-hmm. And like, well, likewise, I don't want to see, you know, I don't think Dark Souls, if it adopted the the, well, players can just, you know, instead of leaving notes for you, they can leave weapons for you, and they can create shortcuts for you, and they can you know, leave items that let you kill a boss in one hit kind of thing. I don't think it would work in a game like that, but... Um, yeah, that does feel like like the logical step forward from uh, leaving notes in Dark Souls, doesn't it? Leaving notes and being able to summon people, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm curious um, how that might get uh, expanded upon in... Well, I, um, do, f- I do feel like the, the, the act of uh, moving across the map is tends not to be acknowledged much in your standard AAA open world these games sort of lost sight of the appeal of the open world as something just to explore for the sake of exploring yeah and yeah i noticed you've got assassin's creed 4 also on your thumbnail there yes black flag and that's something i wanted to bring up is the concept of uh not just being in the open world but where exploring the open world just the mere act of moving from moment to moment basis is uh, the central mechanic Mm-hmm. Often you could do that interestingly with some kind of vehicle. Yeah. Did you ever play um, the Far games? Far uh, sales, and there was a more recent one whose name are like completely changing forget. shores or changing tides or something. Yeah, something uh, like that. I haven't. I own both of them, but I haven't played either of them. First one, you were maintaining um, like a like a road vehicle with an engine and a sail in like a post-apocalyptic desert, and in the okay. next one, uh, you were in a, a boat, which over the course of the game turns into a submarine. Pretty okay, boring games, but the one thing I did like about them is that uh, it's the central mechanic is just maintaining this machine for this long journey. So it's all split of different components. You got to make sure the fuel goes into the furnace at the right time. Pull mm-hmm. a little lever that feeds the engine. Like adjust yeah. the adjust the sail if if there's enough wind to go by the sail. Pull the sail back down if you've had to hit something. All the little yeah, minutiae. That that sort of minutia. Uh, it, it creates like a bond between the player and their mode of transportation. And I, I felt it a little bit that way, how you got to personalize your ship in Black Flag. Uh, you mentioning those games, you get that in um, in Spiritfarer. 
you know, mm-hmm. by you building up and, and, and customizing your boat, like it starts really feeling like yours. And so you start like really giving a shit about the thing you are using to move across the map, which is something I never get that feeling in like Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah, I didn't get that just, feeling you know, with my horse and Red Dead or anything. A lot of them just have a really easy fast travel method. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often in games, I don't want to use that because I feel like you don't really get a sense of the scale of things if you just fast travel everywhere. Although yeah. in the original World of Warcraft, you used to fast travel by riding animals. That's and, right. Uh, you'd be you'd like see the whole, yeah. you'd see everywhere you, you bypassed as you flew over it. And that, yeah. that lets you still have like the sense of bigness in the world. Yeah, and you get a sense of scale and even a, if you're using it to fast travel, you're like, oh, I don't know what that thing is down there. I want to yeah, yeah. go there at some point. Yeah. Go back and and you get that, that sensation out. if you're on a flight. You can like look out the window and you can look down and be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize, you know, Montana looked so pretty. Yeah. And other things you can do to get as attached to like a vehicle that is our, you know, specific mode of transport in the game uh, is uh, just to add a sort of humanity to it, which is what Black Flag mm-hmm. did. I really liked listening to sea shanties in Black Flag. So did I. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to worry so much about maintaining the ship like you do in the Far games. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just nice to nice to hear the men once they start operating the ship and you're sailing across the seas and it's all a well-oiled machine and they just, like, sing a big song. That yeah, was very... It's... What's the word? Very um, atmospheric. Like, yeah, yeah. It was almost like... Yeah, I don't think quaint is the right word, but it was like... Uh, it felt very lived in. Um, yeah. And it's just baffling to me that, uh, you know, especially with the the good scores the game got and everything, that they just didn't revisit it. Like, we got Assassin's Creed Rogue, I think, the following year, and then Skull and Bones still isn't out, and I don't know exactly what that game's going to be. I keep starting Assassin's Creed Rogue and then not finishing it. I've Mm. done that, like, three times. I don't know why. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that was the one that was initially... um, because after Black Flag was Unity, and Unity was like the next-gen-only version that was only on um, Xbox One and PS4, which were the new consoles at the time, mm-hmm. and Rogue was still the old-gen version, so like that was a PS3 and, and 360 game. So I feel like that's the reason why a lot of people kind of either slept on it or just passed it up. I think when I was playing it, it was doing the Assassin's Creed thing where it spends too long tutorializing you into everything before the really sure. fun stuff sets in. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. it just wasn't that interesting a sea to explore as the Caribbean in Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I completely agree with that. So I I thought we would have seen a huge influx of pirate games after that, but uh, you know, well, aside they tried, from... but um, yeah, as you say, with with Skull and Bones, and there was um, yeah. Sea of Thieves as well, of course. And Sea of Thieves really capitalized on it. Yeah, but um, I'm surprising that that didn't just become a big sort of genre du jour even with other big triple a studios so well uh, i'm trying to channel the like maintaining a vehicle of your own thing for my game starstruck vagabond well there you go and i was so the the spirit lives on and i'm talking about it maybe i should put sea shanties in there there you go that sounds perfect you know like i entertained the idea of having like an in-game radio station and just like recording like some six-hour podcasts with some mates uh there's a game called 
I think it's called Golf Club Wasteland that just mm-hmm. came out like a month or two ago. And it's like this, you're on a, you're like, I think you travel back to Earth after it's sort of become uninhabitable. And it's like a 2D golf puzzle game. But the whole thing is you're la- you're listening to this like last radio station. And so all of the music is um, this radio station. And some of it's actual music. And then a DJ will come on and talk to you. And then I'll have an interview and go back to the music. But it's just like incredible atmospheric thing um that i really really loved that was the that was like uh, goes back to the original gta having radio stations to that's right to. laszlo and the djs and everything yeah. yeah that's another thing uh that the modern sandbox games doesn't do so much mm-hmm. but when i think of like the ubisoft model the jiminy cockthroat and a lot of them just don't do cars a lot of them are just exploring the wilderness, leaving the, the cars have been left yeah. in the GTAs, it seems. Yeah. Or there's, no then, reason, or there's no particular reason to use cars. That's kind of what happened with Saints Row as you became more sort of yeah. powerful and super heroic. It almost became, it felt like crackdown. And I was like, well, why would I ever drive a car when I could yeah. either hop across the city or just straight up fly across it? I'd say Far Cry 6 as well, because it was mm-hmm. generally faster just to cut through the wilderness. Yeah, just stuck to roads. It was a lot easier to get lost, and the cars have always been a pain in the ass to control from a first-person perspective. It's hard to tell how how much of your car is on the road. Yeah, that's never uh, it's never worked well for me. Hmm. All right, third thing on the thumbnail: Hollow Knight. Why that? Hollow Knight. Yeah. So obviously, um, oh no, that's not Hollow Knight. The Shovel Knight. Oh, what am I thinking of? Oh yeah, I mean, you said Hollow Knight. That's which is the other big yeah. night game. <laughs> yeah. I think Hollow Knight's one of the games that is taken from uh, quite a bit, but it's also a game that has done its own fair share There's of taking too many, from too many things with night in the zone. too many nights. Yeah, um, and again, uh, Shovel Knight takes a lot of its inspiration. Obviously, wears it on its sleeves. Uh, but one element from it I really loved is the checkpoint system, and in each mm. level you get to um, checkpoints at a certain point, and it's this sort of uh, it's like a magical globe kind of thing. And if you just run through it, it becomes a checkpoint. Where, But you can also destroy it. Yeah. And if you destroy it, it gives you a bunch of money, a bunch of points, but it is no longer a checkpoint. So mm-hmm. it's that risk-reward of how difficult do I want to make this game for myself? Yeah, like, a, how confident yeah. am I in my abilities? That, that's confidence as a game mechanic. I've yeah, a couple of places. Did you play the new, um, the most recent Streets of Rage? Streets of Rage Four. I did. Yeah, yeah. I had a confidence as game mechanic as well because um, uh, when you use like special attacks, it took away from your health, but the health you lost, you could immediately gain back if you land, could land the next few hits without being hit yourself. Yeah. So obviously, and that's... I, so I tended not to use special attacks much because I have very little confidence in myself. Yeah. Yeah. But that, so you, uh, you literally become more effective in that game if you are more competent. If you are more confident and aggressive, yeah. yeah. And that's something that's like you can regain some of your health in Bloodborne that yeah. same way if you're able to, to, you know, land attacks. And even the, um, it, you can you could do the same thing with a bomb. What what is it? Bonfire acidic, where you can uh, sort of make the bonfires more difficult. Um, yeah, for you in, in Souls, Souls games. Two. Yeah, yeah. It was only in Dark Souls too. Yeah, I think Dark Souls 2 had some interesting ideas that they never went back to because it didn't sort of yeah, land quite as well. Everyone didn't like it because it wasn't quite enough like Dark Souls 1, so they went back to yeah. just making Dark Souls 1 for Dark Souls 3. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly, simpl- exactly. Well, that's simplifying it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the last thing on the far left is is hard to see, but it was uh, Shadow of Mordor slash War and the Nemesis system. Well, which you is know what I why think we talk. Well, you know why games don't rip that off much, do they? Because they bloody uh, copyrighted it. Copyrighted, yeah. <laughs> which is just I agree. I agree. It was a good idea. It was fun. It was a, like a yeah. sort of build-your-own-story system, almost a procedural story-generating system. Because yeah. a lot of games have tried that, and a lot of them haven't worked, but it worked really well in Shadow of War. So other games have tried to do things that are a little bit like it, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey did something like it with the odd, with mm-hmm. like the, merc- the, the, the mercenaries mechanic. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't work because it couldn't have been very similar to it because of the fucking patent. Yeah. It's, it's the same uh, reason you don't you can't have loading screen mini games because apparently Nintendo yeah, is sitting on that one. Which is all these things are dumb. Or was it Namco like it. Bandai? Well, one. I of think them. it was Namco because it was in one of the original. Tekken games, I think you could play, or like Ridge Racer, and you could yeah. uh, play like Galaga. Or and every Space now and again, Mars. I hear every now and again someone says, "You know, it'd be a great idea if it's on a loading screen instead of just twiddling your thumbs." There was a little thing you said, "Patented." Yeah. Then you have to shut them up. Yeah. So especially the thing so about Nemesis can't. is they haven't like they said they're going to use it in the upcoming Wonder Woman game, but like Warner Brothers or Monolith hasn't used it in anything since then. So it's like patent idea that it hasn't even been implementing uh which is like a procedurally generated supervillain thing i could see that working yeah yeah i could see that it's like the yeah the the random a random criminal can slowly rise through the ranks randomized costume and powers yeah 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 but they think themselves after whatever was near them when they ascended to like the second level i am stapler man yeah. I beat you up exactly. while we were in a room with a stapler, and I'm very exactly. superstitious, so I'm just going to keep yeah. the stapler glued to my head. And I assume this will give me additional power against Wonder Woman. I think uh, it's designing itself right now. There you go. Because you remember uh, City of Heroes? There oh, was yeah. some very extensive uh, uh, character customization stuff in that. You could certainly make a random supervillain generator out of all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and really be able to like dig into like yeah how the backstory reflected the uh, the the whatever the power or or angle they take. Okay, I got one more. Yeah, let's hear it. Do you have any more? Because uh, we can just get a super chat about this. Because everyone, uh, I have, I have a couple more that I can. I have a couple more that I can rail off quick. But let's let's hear yours. Maybe we should get a super chats early on this one because everyone's okay. got their own examples. That is true, and we could probably go to ours during that. So, well, well what's your I, last one? Well, the one I wanted to bring up was God Hand. Hmm which was uh, one of Shinji Mikami's game from, games back on the PS2, mm-hmm. which is uh, hard to get hold of these days, which is a shame, because as well as having like a fun sense of humor that's very Mikami-esque, uh, it also had a very unique mechanic where it was like a brawler, but uh, you could customize your combos. There was just this huge list of different jabs, kicks, and attacks you could do, and you just... Um, it was almost like... Uh, the what, the way Dark Souls is like a huge range of different ways you can attack based on the huge range of weapons you can equip. It was uh-huh. like that, but with like uh, unarmed combat. You could just equip a different uh, combo of like left jab, left jab, right jab, uppercut, or whatever, or then get into really exotic ones like the mule kick or the yes man kablam. 
Yeah. And it was a really nuanced and interesting combat system, and I'm surprised I haven't seen anything like it. The closest thing I've seen to it was Remember Me. Which I was just had. about to bring up, and someone, Phantom Phantom of the Night, brought it up in, in chat as yeah. well, and that which was kind of a less a, successful version of it. It also had a, combo, a custom combo building system which wasn't quite as good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny. God Hand, I feel like, was that's one of those games that wasn't appreciated at the time for how smart and inventive it was. Yeah, I think I we almost did the same thing. Like, we're getting a, a, a critical reanalysis of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance now. Like, I was just reading a story about how it's, like, it's, it's Steam numbers are, like, its concurrent players is, like, off the charts compared to where it's been for, like, the past decade. And um, apparently it's big on TikTok. Um, well, because the game was, is pretty batshit crazy. And, yeah, it's very memeable. Everyone like latched onto the meme of the final boss. Yeah, fighting an actual U.S. senator who, yeah. who says "Make America Great Again." Yeah, years when the before game, Trump when, rose. Yeah, when the game came out, it, it uh, left a lot of people cold because it was generally kind of badly tutorialized. Yeah, it was very badly tutorialized. It took me ages to figure out how to how to like a parry in that game, and that was like essential for the last few boss fights. So I can see why like the initial reception was a little lukewarm, but I can see how people would warm up to it later. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, you I think watch it's... a few videos of someone playing it who really knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, it, it's funny. That is like a great example of a game where like the a, a poorly designed or just a complete lack of tutorial is what kept a lot of players from really like, I yes. think, embracing it. Yeah, second example, uh, the wonderful 101 by the same developer. Yes, maybe that's just also, a, a Kamiya thing. Yeah, yeah. Also very badly tutorialized. Also a lot of fun to watch if you're watching someone who knows how to play it. Yeah, yeah. That um, is uh, that is kind of funny that they don't have those the the just bad at tutorials, I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you know it's like a Sundera thing. You have to impress them first. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I can see that, yeah. Shall we start going into some Super Chats? Yeah, we can do that, and I'll, 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 I think I'll be able to tie in a couple of the other ideas I had yeah, based I'm sure on they'll seeing come some up. of these Super Chats. Yeah, they always do. Uh, firstly, Chuki and Equal, welcome to Early Access. No comment, though, but we'd welcome. like to acknowledge new members of the Cool Kids Club. Heck yeah. Uh, and then Phantom of the Night, who's been a member for 10 months on Early Access, says, birthday Super Chat, because this is totally planned. Thank you very much, Phantom <laughs> of the Night. I've already gotten a couple of my presents. One of my presents is that my in-laws are going to take my wife and my kids away for a weekend so I can lie on a couch and fall asleep. Oh, that sounds perfect. That I'm sounds like the greatest present yes. of all time. I'm very much looking forward to that. Andrew Hickenbottom gives two pounds and says, Happy birthday, Yachty. I wonder who he's talking to. Here's two whole pounds. Oh, and Nick Calandra, who's been a member for 10 months, somehow gives an early access message to say happy birthday. Thanks very Talk much, Nick. Talk about the Nick. fact that Nick's only been a member for 10 months. I mean, I know that I'm, I'm not a member, so that shouldn't I shouldn't be judging. But yeah, me, me neither, actually. Yeah. Nick, you should give yeah. Yahtzee a membership for his birthday. Oh, I just log into the Escapist YouTube channel when I want to, <laughs> yes. when I want to see what's on. <laughs> when you want to see something early, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what would be the best present, Nick? Uh, a review code for something interesting. Chop, chop. Make it happen, Nick. 
And uh, Jewel Rogue gives five euros and says, a small token of gratitude for your entertainment. Thank you very much, oh, Jewel Rogue. And then Jewel. Max Alphonse gives five dollars and says, hi, Yatsi and Marty. Today, my lunch break lined up with the podcast. So here's some cash for all the laughs and insight. Love you guys. Blowing a kiss, smiley face. Max, I hope you had an incredible lunch. What do you think Max had for lunch? Um, Worms. Worms? Oh, no! <laughs> Lord Darius gives 10 euros and says, Yahtzee, why do you dislike random documents and audio logs, but like Dark Souls item description storytelling? Personally, Souls hmm. stories fall flat for me, but I prefer a more direct approach. Well, I don't dislike random documents and audio logs, but I just think a lot of games do them wrong. Like, it'd be okay. the simplest thing in the world. Just let us play the audio logs over gameplay. So few but games it's... do that. That's a that should be a cardinal sin. Like I cannot believe that people are still making games in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, where you have to go to a menu, hit a button, and stay in that menu to listen yeah, to the audio. Just log. sit there like playing with your phone while you listen to the audio log. Yeah, I mean this is supposed to be enriching the game, enriching. Damn it. Yeah, and again, it's a thing. Like if that thing exists in the world, and it's something the character can take with them. It's not like when you're listening to a podcast, you need to stand still when you're outside. You can walk around and listen to a podcast. It's it's yeah. it's fine. You don't need to be stationary. Give us a game. Yeah, like, Bioshock got it right. That's what everyone in chat's mentioning. Yeah, give us a game with something like the World of Warcraft fast travel system, and uh, let us open the menu and read all the random documents we found while we're waiting. So it's like reading the newspaper on a flight. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of that in. Um, that's when I'd listen to. Uh, I, I I'd do some of the audio logs in Phantom Pain on that like uh chopper ride into a level if you remember you sort of like you have to go through kind of like the opening helicopter ride to your yeah. landing zone and yeah. start listening to my thing there and then listen to it as i'm running across the level trying to find my my naked sniper friend what was the first game that opened with you waking up on a helicopter that's about to go into the action zone was it half-life opposing force i think it might have been half-life Opposing yeah force. Yeah, I know one of the games that did it best, I would say, was Spec Ops The Line. Mm, it was pretty good. It threw you in media res to a level halfway yes. through the game and then revisited it later on with some very um, neat commentary. Take a drink if your 2000s era shooter opens with the main characters on a helicopter. Take another <laughs> drink if the helicopter crashes at the end of the intro. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, another thing, that stuff sort of got me thinking. Uh, another thing I like in games, especially if, if you, I'm sure all of us have experienced this, uh, where you're playing a big game, you take some time off, and then you go back to it, and you're like, I completely forgot what I was doing, what this game was about. Um, and there's a handful of games that have really interesting sort of like recaps that are almost like uh, when you watch an episode of a show and it says previously on Breaking Bad and you yeah, see all the stuff that. you need to know. Yeah, like I Final Fantasy XIII did that. Yeah, Battlefield Hardline did that. Um, Dark Siders 2 did that. Alone in the Dark, yeah. The Alone in the Dark did that. Alan Wake did it, but it only did it like between story chapters. And Alone in the Dark literally did it, it could do it for any save point. Like, if you reloaded oh, any save, it would have a recap for the whole game up to that point. Yeah. That game was pretty bad, but that's a really good idea. That was a good feature, and the fire physics yeah. was a good feature. The whole game was bad. A lot of interesting I know, you like ideas your in it, features. though. Yeah, I like burning things. What do you want? I like I mean, better to do it in games than in real life. I Thank love you. to watch things burn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Pokemon, uh, yeah, uh, Fire Red and uh, Leaf Green did that as well. That's right, too. Hmm. 
Scavenger gives five dollars and says, "While I would love games incorporating pinball mechanics of an angry god in Odama, why aren't there mm-hmm. more zipline combat games like Bioshock Infinite?" Yeah, I remember liking the zipline combat in Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, yeah. Sort of added to the what? nice sort of swashbuckling vibe that game had. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, that would be a thing. Like talking about our pirate thing before, that would be, I feel like, a, a really neat system in a pirate game. Um, yeah. Yeah, the zipline, I guess, uh, it's not really zipline, it's more like grinding on them, but uh, Sunset Overdrive did it. I know I don't like bringing up Sunset Overdrive because you don't like it, and I really like it, and you're going to say it's badly written, I'm going to say it's only because you played as a guy, and we've had this conversation a thousand times, but uh, yes. Also, I think Odama is wonderful. I think more games need to incorporate pinball into their main mechanic. I think we talked about Yoku's Island Express before, maybe, which was a, an indie Metroidvania that was all sort of like your character was almost like a pinball-y thing. Well, uh, I guess Sonic the Hedgehog would be the original game that incorporated pinball. That's right, it's spinball, yeah. But even in like the standard games, you'd have like bumpers and springs and things. Oh, yeah. You'd go into a casino level and it was like, oh, I'm just yeah. in a slot machine right now. Yeah. I never played Odamo. In fact, I've never heard of it until now. It was a GameCube game. Uh, 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 it was a, a like a, a sort of like... A, Japanese feudal Japanese uh large scale strategy game but it was pinball and so the weapon was this thing called the Odama but it also had voice commands if i remember correctly um like, kind of a clusterfuck but I'll tell um, you what i like a game where you can hit people and they go fucking miles like yeah. shorthand for example yes exactly so it'd be good if you sort of mix the two together. You could hit someone and they'd go bouncing off some things and they make yeah. no- and it makes noises like a pinball machine and yeah. you get points for everything they hit. I can't remember what you were doing into the microphone in that game, though. Maybe just yelling Odama? Thanks, Odama. Okay. Uh, Casey Jones gives $5 and says, if Open World didn't come along and made them tediously half-assed, I would have liked to see more mature kart racers like Jack X or Twisted Metal or Carmageddon. Hmm. Of course, the original we'll come again. Yeah, the original violent car game. Yeah, there was a we had like a span of uh, what, Vigilante Eight, like a couple things that mm. uh, Twisted Metal kind of tried to or inspired, and so yeah, I don't know where that, like, what that genre now is like. Rocket League is that kind of what it became? A lot of open world games just sort of incorporate car combat into them. Mad Max, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to justify a game that's just driving around in a car with the yeah, yeah. current uh, uh, genre blend standards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought Jack X was kind of a. I thought Jack X was kind of a mess. Personally, I like the Jack trilogy. I thought that one was because um, that was tried to go like full Mad Max. Um, mm. I didn't. I didn't quite dig it. But Twisted Metal. The, all the reports are saying that that there is a new Twisted Metal game in 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 development and that they're they've already confirmed there's a twisted metal show coming out and they keep adding like bc celebrities to it it's very strange the only twisted metal i played was the one on ps3 that had weirdly dark fmv cutscenes in between that might have been ps2 twisted metal black no that was like after that there was another okay there was like a actual live action fmvs in it uh okay and it was really kind of dark and uh yeah. sort of gritty yeah twisted metal black was was 
incredibly dark. That was like an early PS2 game, and it was um, like the, the the PS1 games were all very cartoony, and I was like, oh, look, it's an ice cream truck that throws a fireball. But this thing I'm, was like, oh, yeah. these are all serial killers. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, the one I'm thinking of was just called Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal, in, in, yeah. In standard, just do the same title. Uh, reboot sort of approach. Yeah, I think that was like around 2011 or 12. Yeah, I reviewed it, so yeah, yeah. it would have been around then. Uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars, says, I still want a Transformers game that copies racing and mecha combat games. The elements are there, but the marriage hasn't been perfected. Happy birthday. Racing yeah, and mecha combat. Brought I mean, that could be cool if you could, if you could go from, you know, driving your vehicle very quickly to transforming into there a, was a there was a transformers game i reviewed once where you could switch between vehicle mode and like ambulatory mode but vehicle mode didn't really feel like you were driving a vehicle it felt like you know, it was just a different form of third person combat i suppose yeah yeah there was a, a war for cybertron I think um, that was it yeah there was a transformers game um that was like pretty good i think i think it got like around the 70s and 80s and stuff uh then didn't speaking of platinum didn't they do a licensed transformer game that was pretty yeah, bad i didn't play yeah. it myself i know they did that yeah tell you speaking of like switching between uh on foot and vehicle stuff you know what game i liked dark void did you ever play that yeah i did i liked how it switched from third person combat to full-on flight simulator yeah, I like how you can accidentally turn on your jetpack inside a building and just get splattered across the walls. But there's one yeah. specific moment that made me realize this game kicks ass. Was where I was, um, I was in like a an alien spaceship or something. It was like a hovercraft on a planet, oh. and uh, I like set it to blow up, and I had to like jump out of the ship and fall down like a reactor shaft to fall out of the ship. And then just before I splattered against the the ground of the wilderness below. I'd have to turn on my jetpack and fly away to safety. And I was like, that was amazing. Why isn't this? It feels like it was like something you did. Why does so much of this game suck? Why does this one moment kick so much ass? The game was also famous for, they had a lot of sections where you would like scale buildings vertically. And then you would, uh, it would almost turn into like a weird, like a Gears of War-esque shooter. But you were going either up or down a building. Yeah, that wasn't quite so fun. No. Uh, Ad gives 40 rupees, says, Any plans to get Marty or J-Mate in Adventure is Nigh? Well, who knows? Who knows? Stay tuned. Yeah. I don't know how secretive we're being about all of this. <laughs> Stay tuned. But you may, you may very well see something like that. Mm-hmm. A brave Othello gives five dollars and says, "Not sea shanties, space shanties. Check out Space Shanty by the band The Senate if you need inspiration." Well, if I just wanted to listen to sea shanties, I'd, I'd, I'd listen to some of that dwarf rock that's a thing now. Uh, excuse me, what's that? You know, rock songs written by dwarfs or written like they were written by dwarfs. So it's all like you know, pounding bass beats and singing about how much you like mining and beer. That sounds incredible. That sounds absolutely incredible. There's a VR game, like a VR rhythm game, where you play like drums to like make a Viking warship go, and it's got a bunch of like dwarf rock songs on the soundtrack. That I think it's really cool. I like how you keep saying dwarf rock, like it's like a real like known quantity. I swear this is a thing. <laughs> I, I believe you. I just think it's a very strange thing. Um, yeah, the the speaking 
speaking speaking of music, it reminded me there's a bad game called APB Reloaded, and it's like a sort of like an MMO third person shooter. It's bad. Mm. Like we we don't need to care about it. But one thing it has is you're able it has like a, a in depth music editor, and you're able to create your own signature kind of like jingle that plays that the other person hears when you kill them. So, you know, in like Call of Duty, you get killed and then you see the footage of like yeah. the 10 seconds before of you getting killed from the other person's yeah. perspective. Team Fortress so, 2, like it zooms into a view of whoever just killed you and you hear like, yeah, the character yeah. deliver a line. So in this game, the person you've killed has to listen to your own personal little theme song that you've made. That's and uh, cool. I think it's kind of neat. And I know there would be like massive uh, uh, copyright, you know, things to, to hurdles to leap over if you try to put that in something like Call of Duty or, mm. or Battlefield. But I really like the idea of you putting like a personalized stamp on that thing that other people are experiencing. Uh, Scavenger gives $5 and says, actually, before we move on, I was posited in my review of um, Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. But it'd be kind of cool if you could enter like a sort of custom message that plays every time you, you like get thrown in the lava or if you win. That'd be great. I think that'd be fun to like, add a little bit more character to it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like something more games should, I guess, like. Well, it, games well would be because it would be abused. Because yeah, it would be abused. Can't. That's why mobile games don't do it. Yeah. So anyway, yes, Scavenger gives five dollars. Says, "What more idea? Games where you possess people and items. Driver San Francisco, Geist, Haunting, Starring, Poltergeist, Beer, Ghost, Interact with the World." I'm glad you mentioned Driver San Francisco because I really like that mm-hmm. game. So did I. And uh, the big central mechanic in that was that you had the ability to leave your body and possess other drivers. So mm-hmm. if you were like chasing a guy and you missed steer and crash into a wall, you could get back straight back into the chase without ruining the flow of the game, which I thought is great. And I'm surprised no one's no one else has done it. But now that you bring it up, I was thinking about the cock-up cascade, which I've always thought is a problem with games like Hitman and uh, stealth action games, where if you get like one, you you can make big plans, you can uh, work your way towards doing like the stealthy kill in the Hitman. But if you get one, th- if you make one tiny mistake, or someone like walks in just as you're taking someone's trousers off. It just becomes an escalation, escalating series of fuck-ups. But if you had the ability to immediately leave your body and possess another character, that would do a lot to alleviate the cock-up cascade problem. You could even, like, kill your former self as part of, like, the squad that's trying to, like, coming after them because they cocked up. I think the idea of a Hitman game where you could just possess any, like, random person at the party sounds incredible. I think the original game that would have done that would have been Messiah which was in the days of early, a PC game from the days of early 3D. Mm. You, it was literally that. You were a cherub, you could possess anyone in the world, and you had to navigate your way through the levels using their specific abilities and accesses. Interesting. Not, I don't think I ever played I that. Guess, no, a lot of people don't didn't play that one, didn't do so well. No. Ross, Ross Scott did no. a review of it on Game Dungeon. Check it out. There you go. Um, yeah, that kind of thing has become popularized in um, PC multiplayer games. Like, there's a genre called prop hunt, where um, the, uh, you're able to inhabit uh, inanimate objects in the environment, and like, there's just a shit ton of objects, and you can inhabit them, and they have different, uh, you know, means of control. So if you inhabit like a cannon on a pirate ship, you could fire the cannon. But the thing is, there's like ghost hunters trying to find 
the right. players who are the uh, ghosts. We played it for game night a couple a couple weeks ago, and it was uh, it was, it was pretty I clever. Guess, I guess that grew out of the uh, the sort of troll mechanic in Dark Souls, where you could disguise yourself as a random vase. Yeah, yeah. But it also felt like it pulled a little bit from, uh, depending on which side you were, it pulled a little bit from the Assassin's Creed multiplayer that we've talked about before about yeah, um, trying Assassin's to like Creed remain inconspicuous. Yeah, 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 and trying to sort of blend in with the environment. And so in these in this prop hunt game, you want the ghost hunters to think you are just a normal barrel as opposed to a barrel who can hop and attack them uh cam Janinja gives ten dollars says the one mechanic that should have gotten popular was the nemesis system from shadow of mord war but that's copyright for you thought it was a really novel method of developing enemy ai yeah we're past that cam Janinja. we're ahead of you oh no cam Janinja. i appreciate your donation it feels like i don't know how copyrights work but can't you just kind of get around that can't well you it's just like uh, you know i think you could probably just risk doing it and assume they won't bother coming after you for it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that would sort of expose them as dicks. Yeah. I mean, uh, if Nintendo actually came after people for having insanity effects in their video games, because technically they have the patent on it in, for Eternal Darkness, then they'd sort of lose all their uh, goodwill. Yeah, yeah. People, it's funny there's because they're the nice company they're the nice yeah. company that wants everyone to be happy and live in a creative world where we all have fun i'm I'm surprised i mean i'm glad but i'm surprised more games haven't like copywritten things like like i'm surprised uh gears of war didn't copyright active reload although that might have not been the first game with active reload like or, they might have stole that from Winback or something or even cover shooting yeah yeah yeah, because it's also it's not about who does it first; it's about kind of who does it best. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, having like a faction never customized, a, you know, a, a building destruction or anything. Having a patent is only as good as your willingness to enforce it. Yeah, I suppose. Are you, yeah, are, you, a lot of- are you really willing to fight this in court? Because I think it's just as likely that the court will find against you for copyright or sure, something like that. Sure. Yeah. A lot of these people, they just copyright this stuff so they can just send frightening letters to people and telling them to telling them to back off, but they, with no actual intention of taking them. Oh to court. yeah, yeah. There's people who just kind of like sit on them and hoard them. Yeah, bunch of moops. Anyway, Kira Okami gives ten Canadian dollars. Says thanks for all the years of amazing humor, Yats. We love you. You too, Marty. In brackets. I feel games could use more in-depth characters to interact with and learn about. Helps immersion a lot. Thoughts. Well, that's a pretty vague idea you got there, Kira Okami. It's, I think it's just really hard to do. Like, yes, I agree. I just think it's its really hard to do, especially, um, especially at a world scale. Game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's its easier to do. Um, like, what do you, like, when I think of a game where you really get to, like, know another character and feel like you really get invested in a relationship, like, I think of how the conversations and dialogue in, like, Firewatch worked. Hmm. where it felt like you had real control over the conversation over when you decided to say something, what you decided to say, or if you decided to say nothing. Um, And it it worked in that game because those two characters who never see each other face to face, you know, you're always talking via Hmm. walkie talkies. But um, that to me is still kind of the high watermark of interactive conversations. I guess that alongside Disco Elysium, but that's a much sort of grander thing. Well, when I think of getting, you know, really into a character 
I think of Spiritfarer. Hmm. And part of the way you get into those characters is that, you know, keeping them happy is one of the mechanics. You have to figure yeah. out the things they like and uh, give them the occasional hug. And <laughs> they'll uh, give you little, like, snippets of dialogue establishing their backstories. You get sort of invested on the gameplay level rather than just from expending their dialogue. Yeah, and you start as you start realizing all these people were you know, not just critters, but real people in the, in the real life, you start trying to think of like, oh, what kind of a person was this? Like, they clearly weren't a turtle, so like, who were they in the real life? And that makes the mm. ultimate moments of, of guiding them to the gate um, that much more powerful. Man, that game's great. It really is. Everyone should watch the Escapist documentary about it. Yes, it's lovely. Uh, Jumbly Wobbly gives 10,000 CRCs. I keep forgetting what that is. It's uh, Costa Rican. Costa Rican. Okay. Mm -hmm. Easy to say, hard to implement. Start from a mundane job or an absurd puzzle traversal, such as Lucas Pope's oeuvre and Portal 2's paints. Have small ideas, but go big. Also, happy birthday, Yahtzee, and heck, Marty too. Ah, shucks. Thank you very much. My birthday is tomorrow. We're so close. My um, present from The Escapist is recording a session of Adventure is Nigh. That is true. Oh, you get to spend your birthday with all the pals. Yay. That sounds nice. Um, I think that's, uh, I think I, I really do like the idea of, of starting things off at like a small kernel, which mm. is what like, uh, Narbacular drop the, the proto portal was, and then obviously the paints and in, in portal two. And yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, Lucas, Lucas Pope's games, uh, start off that same because Lucas Pope's games on paper don't sound like they should work as a game. Well, exactly. Like, yeah. Like working at a at a border crossing, or um, you know, being an insurance adjuster on a ship, don't seem yeah. like they should work, but they end up being incredible. Yes, he's very good at that. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does next. Uh, SVSGO2000 gives ten euros. Says I liked the mechanic in Final Fantasy XII, where you preset the actions of your party, mm -hmm. which skills to use under which conditions, and they acted automatically under these rules. Don't think I've seen this anywhere else. Yeah, the Gambit system, it was called. Um, I love Final Fantasy twelve, And yeah, some people didn't like that because it ultimately, they felt like it removed the control from battles. Mm -hmm. But to me, it felt much more like you were setting up dominoes. And if you set them up correctly, when you enter a battle, all you had to do was tip the first one over. And then your success in the battle would be dependent on how well you've set up these things. And it's interesting. It's a lot of like, if, and, and, or statements and... What should your character do if they go to under 50% health? What should they do if a party member goes under 50% health? Um, oh, I see. So the game just couldn't be bothered to design the AI, is what you're saying. Uh, no, I mean, they've clearly, I think this was clearly a, a choice. This is Final Fantasy, you know, they've okay. done AI in 10 well, and 13. You know, I'm not into JRPGs that don't start with Persona. That is true. That is, but if I'm, being, if I'm being honest, that's just the peak of them. So, you know, you're fine. Trevor Kelly gives five dollars. Says I love listening to these during my third shift job from the VODs. Glad to catch one live. Been a fan of ZP for years. I'd love listening to you guys. Thank you so much, Thank Trevor. You very much, Trevor Kelly. Alexi Time gives ten dollars. Says they definitely need more first-person games where you run around and punch trees and rocks to build tools that are better at punching trees and rocks. There can never be enough of those games. Oh, do I detect a note of sarcasm in your comment there, Alexi Time? <laughs> Well, there you go. How would you how would you improve the system of punching trees so you can get better at punching trees? I mean, I'm trying to think. There's like, 
this isn't punching trees, but in like Metal Gear Solid Two, if you're you can you can do pull ups while you're hanging from from like a ledge, yeah. and the more pull ups you do, you can you can raise your grip strength. And so there might be a thing where like if you punch enough trees, you become a little stronger, or or you slowly see the ability to to ultimately just do, uh, commit deforestation. Maybe it was just like God Hand, where you could create a combo for punching trees, and then yeah. the tree flies off into the distance and smashes into a wall and turns into a cupboard. Ooh, and I it's like all that. with lots of really like exciting cartoon sound effects. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Meister Kleister Heist Erg? No, 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 no. You punch Never. it at other things, or whatever you punch it at crafts it into a different thing. <laughs> so you punch it at another tree to make like just like a standard wooden table but you punch okay. it at a rock to make um something that's made of wooden stone so it's just punch craft yeah or like two rocks next to each other you just arrange two rocks next to each other and punch a tree at it and they turn into a staircase there you Sounds go great. no nuts genius <laughs> i should do another year's worth of dev diary ideas uh, also, Meister Kleister Heist Air uh, was very sad at the no, no, no. Because oh, you just put in chat, no, no, no. Don't worry, you're coming up next. Okay, Meister Kleister Heist Air, <laughs> if you could f be fucking patient for a second. Gives five euros and says, if GTA V had incorporated Max Payne 3 style gunplay, it might have been my favorite game of all time. Wish more shooters played like Max Payne. Yes. Yeah, there's a couple Max of Payne's games great. ripped off the slow mo bullet time thing. There was Wet. But that game was awful. And of course, there yeah. was Stranglehold, which mm -hmm. was the John Woo game. John Woo. Taking yeah. back the fact that it was basically just a John Woo mechanic. Mm -hmm. Enter the Matrix did it. Yeah. Funny, um, you don't see many games do that anymore. No, like the slow-mo dive. Yeah. I guess, I'll, what, what, I guess a couple of games do a thing where if you like draw your bow or your gun while you're falling, then it slows down time hmm. so you can aim at things while you're yeah fall. and a lot of times that's like an ability i think you can unlock in the skill tree in like horizon or something yeah oh well do more of that games industry yes uh captain loin gives five dollars says more games could learn from the dungeoneering of lufia 2 and resident evil without puzzles a lot of dungeon crawling is just bland yeah i think puzzles are hard to good puzzles are really hard to design um, yeah, that's the. Uh, I, I did an extra punctuation on adventure games that came to that conclusion. Yeah, like I don't know, you know, there are good puzzle games, um, but I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know what my favorite non puzzles or my favorite puzzles would be in non puzzle games. Yeah, puzzles have to be designed individually. Yeah, you can't just you can't just uh, come up with one good puzzle and that's the gameplay loop for the entire game unless it's Oprah in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Donald Nabbity gives $20, says donation to the God Hand Revival Fund. Well, perfect. That's not, that's not really our responsibility, but we'll take your money. We're halfway there, Donald. Also, uh, Kamja uh, Ninja, with a good point, says slow mo diving doesn't work in always online live service internet bullshittery. Uh, oh, good. Well, you know, could try. Like everyone else's games slow down when someone else is doing a slow mo dive. Oh, diving. my God. How annoying would that be? It'd be well, incredible. You just think to yourself, oh, someone's having a good time. I hope <laughs> I hope that bullet dive worked out for them. See, that's the true altruism we were talking about in Death Stranding. You have a bad time for the sake of someone else's good time. There you go. Yeah. Abby Shulkarth. Yeah, maybe like they forgive it mechanic where everyone claps along. 
when someone else is doing the bullet dive. Saying, go, uh, go, I think that's go, great. go, shoot you can really give well. Faves. Yeah. We believe in you. <laughs> Abby Shalkarth uh, has been a member for 11 months on Early Access and says, what about prototype? Consume and take other forms. Yeah, that could work too. As I said, uh, the uh, hopping bodies mechanic in a Hitman style setting. In that case, yeah. you'd have to be very careful that nobody else saw you take another body because they'll assume that you're the creature from the thing. Yeah. Or you could just make a cool game where you are the creature. Yeah. That that was great. That one thing in Prototype, though, where you could uh, um, uh, where you could use the Patsy move. Where if you oh, like, yeah. disguised yourself as one of the enemy, you could walk up to another enemy and sort of like wrestle with his gun for a bit and then go, It's him! He tried to yeah. attack me! It's the, it's the monster! And then everyone shoots yeah. him. Genius. And then you sneak off and eat someone while they're all distracted. Perfect. That was great. More games do uh, that. Carrion had an ability. Like you remember Carrion, that two D sort of thing like indie game yeah. that came out like a year or two ago. That had yeah. an ability to where you could like stick your tentacle inside an enemy, and then you would control that enemy. And if they had a gun, you could use that gun against the other guards and stuff. Yeah, it's like Prototype, but where the main character stopped pretending to be a human. Exactly. Just one. Just went full monster. I'm not Greg Graffin. Gives four ninety nine euros. Says happy birthday, yards. Thank you. I'm not Greg Graffin. I'm do you think cake that's tomorrow. actually not Greg Graffin? Oh, sorry. Or do you think that is Greg Graffin? Um, well, it's if he's not Greg Graffin, it's weirdly specific thing to deny. Yeah. <laughs> Shulky Prince gives uh, one euro seventy and says nothing. Barely worth Shulky. mentioning, really. Oh, uh, Shulky uh, has a comment below though that says more people need to copy FTL. Agreed. Okay. okay. FTL's great. Any specific part of FTL? The, I just the like teeth. I just like that in FTL you can say divert power to the main engines, and that's actually a thing you do. Yeah, it's like living the uh, uh, chaos of uh, of being at the the front of a yeah. ship. It's, it's like, like living being, that life. It's like being Captain Picard. Exactly. Uh, Donald Nabati, member for twelve months on credit. Ooh. Uh, says, anyone remember El Shaddai, The Ascension of the Metatron? I'd like to see that mechanic back. I remember playing that. I remember it kind of losing me. I didn't know what the fuck was going on in that game. Uh, I remember it being gorgeous. I have like really yeah. fond memories of the game. And I think it just came out, was finally released on Steam recently. Maybe I should was go that, back and play it. I don't remember what the core mechanic, like I kind of just thought of it as like a, a character fighter kind of thing. Yeah, like a 3D I'm, character not sure what he, I'm not sure what it means either. Wasn't that the game yeah. by the Okami developer? Uh, that was Kamiya. Was it? Oh, Kamiya did Okami. I don't oh. think. Um, I don't think Kamiya did El, uh, El Shaddai. I don't actually remember who did El Shaddai. Who am I thinking of? Well, anyway, while you look that up, Jackson Jewel gives four ninety nine dollars says, I took your advice and Red Stroke listened to will save the galaxy for food. I had a great time. Thanks. Happy early birthday. Thank you very Aww. much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the sequel, Will Destroy the Galaxy for Cash. And the third book in the trilogy, which I'm currently writing, which is going to be called We'll Leave the Galaxy for Good. Very exciting. And it will be the final installment where we finally learn who Jacques McKeown is. Dun, dun, dun. Now I just have to figure out what actually, what else actually happens in the plot. But, you know, it comes oh, together as you easy. write it. That's easy. That'll all come together. Uh, um. Oh, okay. So, uh, 
the director of El Shaddai was the character and monster designer of Okami and did work on stuff like uh, Devil May Cry Steel Battalion, which we talked about recently. Well, there you go. Um, El Shaddai is now, it was from Ignition, which is now a defunct studio. The end. R.I.P. There's so many of those. Yeah, sad. Slotty Bartfast gives $2 and says, Anime Shaggy, Slotty Bartfast is a character from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, by the way. Gotcha. And says, Anime Shaggy is a meme from a decade ago. Oh, right. apparently that's the nod. How I was very confused by Shaggy going Super Saiyan in this new game. Apparently it is referencing a meme from a decade ago. Oh, well, um, there you go. I did not know that. But there you go. Look at that. Fill, fill my ass up, who it's always a pleasure to see on these uh, podcasts, uh, gives 200 Norwegian Krona and says, ripping off games which are good, but what about games which did a good idea stroke mechanic poorly, like Naughty Bear or similar? Fun fact, Spider-Man 3, the game did the combat of Arkham Asylum, but came out two years before it. Yeah, and no one remembers because nobody played it. I, no. Funnily enough, I have played Naughty Bear. That was going for a Hitman-style immersive sim, kill all the specific targets thing, but where you were sort of like the villain in a slasher movie. Okay. But it was like a cartoony slasher movie? Yeah, kind of yeah. Everyone yeah. was a bear. Mm. Bring back Naughty Bear. Uh, Jumbly Wobbly gave us 5,000 Costa Rican Cs. And says, okay, actual mechanic, a game within a game. Killer7's Power Rangers spoof end chapter, but for real. As in resolving a fight, but in a different game genre. Uh, there's a couple of examples of what you're talking about. Uh, Super Paper Mario has a bit where it just turns into a turn-based RPG battle out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's a few games that have just like one battle is like a turn-based battle out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, Final Fantasy did things with um, uh, sort of like creating like a tower defense game right in the middle of, it, of Final Fantasy VII. Um, I, I feel like that can go very, it could be really effective if done well, or go very poorly if it's like half-baked. Yeah, I think it's funny just to like surprise you with it as a joke. Mm -hmm. Like say that bit in Saints Row 4 where you have to play a 2D brawler for a bit. Yeah, yeah. No More Heroes 3 tried to have do the joke where it has you play played as a turn-based battle but mm -hmm. the characters just kept talking about it so it's kind of ruined the joke for me it's like hey yeah. i don't want to play it like this i want to play it like real-time combat that's what real men like yeah there was also did you play uh what remains of edith finch i have played that it had each of the sort of uh, the little vignettes uh played as a different genre but i remember one of them was like a uh, 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 played out like a slasher movie, but it went first person and almost looked like a comic book, and uh, so it almost turned into like a first person shooter for a little bit. Um, I thought that did a neat thing with the genre. Yeah, it's a pretty good game that mm -hmm. for for a walking sim. Ah, uh, Michael Frank gives four ninety nine dollars. Says popping in on my lunch break to say I hope to see games further develop Death Stranding with the world interactivity of Breath of the Wild for traversal puzzles. Mm. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's. I feel like that would just be. You would need a lot of money to do that. A lot of money, a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of talent. Just let us climb over everything, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Black Darkness 666 gives two euros and appropriately for his name, I think, says, All hail <laughs> the void. Big fan of voids. All hail I love the void. I'm the a big fan of. I just love. I love voids. Dark void, great void. 
Well, there's so much potential in a void. You look at a void and thinks, man, I, I could put so much stuff in that void. Yeah, there's so much. Like a bag of holding in D&D is just like a big old void. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Eugene Onofry, upgraded membership to bonus content. Thanks very much, Congrats, Eugene, Eugene Onofry. Welcome to the well, even cooler kids club. Ooh. Uh, Dave DeBlanc gives five Canadian dollars. Says, I'm sick of Souls-like elements in Metroidvanias. Backtracking's already hard enough. Looking at you, Blasphemous. Bring back classic Metroidvanias. Well, the thing is, Dark Souls kind of is a Metroidvania. It has the structure it's of one. It does, yeah. Especially the first Dark Souls. So, you know, the two genres are very closely interlinked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of 2D, like, Metroidvanias go for 2D Souls-like these days yeah i mean metroid dread didn't feel souls likey so that's nice yeah there's that but yeah i do agree stuff like hollow knight and even like ori to an extent um lean into the souls like stuff of it now yeah, blasphemous Legacy. a lot of these rug legacy yeah it's gone a bit souls like on us yeah yeah uh, well, salt and sacrifice souls souls likey yeah also monster huntery oh yeah oh that's your game this week right yes it is Spoilers. Tune in to tune in on Wednesday for my zero punctuation of that very game. Uh, Donald Nabity gives ten year ten dollars and says just going to be a pain and put another one up. But the Fort Condor mini games from Final Fantasy VII would be fun for a quick mobile game. Yeah, that was the Final Fantasy VII, the the tower defense thing I I just mentioned actually. Donald, you 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 predicted the future there. Um, yeah, I always thought that would be good in a game that wasn't Final Fantasy VII. Like if they would just make a little mobile spinoff, but. Uh, Lord square, Darius square, square. gives five euros. Says Marty, you mentioned APB music customization. Didn't you play Paradise Killer? Customizable Did. playlist in an open world relieves relieves the monotony I have. Yeah, no, I thought that was. I love first off, love Paradise Killer. Um, and yeah, a lot of some a lot of games have customizable playlists, or even like the ability for you to like plug in your own Spotify and just listen to it. Um, that yeah, APB can, thing is yeah. less about music you are hearing and more about you forcing another player that you've killed to hear your little jingle. Right. I was just thinking that I was playing a hard space ship breaker all week. Mm. And uh, yeah, I do kind of get sick of generic country music after a while. So it'd be nice if I could plug in my <laughs> own podcasts. Yeah, so yeah. This is a pretty zen game, that. It has generic country music? Yeah. Just playing in the background. I guess it's like twangy, like... Yeah, space miner stuff. Yeah, twing twang, space cowboys, and all that. There you go. Uh, Matt's Rock gives three MYRs, whatever they are, but gives no comment. There is a comment right below it, though. Yeah, I see that now. Now you mention it. Dwarf Metal, Windrose, Diggy Diggy Hole from the same records label that brought us Dinos and Dragons. Yes, exactly. Dwarf Metal, as I was mentioning, Windrose is a band who does dwarf metal. They did a song well, called about... Diggy Diggy Hole. <laughs> I still think all of you guys are lying about this. I think this is all like one large Well, comment. that can be your fun project for the rest of the day. Look up dwarf metal. <laughs> I'll go down a, a, a dwarf metal void. Yeah. Come listen, off the other listen, side. Listen to some Diggy Diggy Hole. Yeah. Odds. Diggy Diggy Hole. Uh, oh, my super chats have all gotten big stuff. Okay. Uh, Rary, the guy, gives five euros, says, first time catching one live, Yahtzee, tell me something I should put in this D&D session I'm prepping. 
Uh, uh, a vampire duck. Oh, that sounds nice. Okay, yeah, Count Quackula. Uh, Big Gamer 2525 gives $5 and says, Hey Yahtzee, thank you for years on years of great commentary. I'm actually trying to make a city building game myself. Thoughts on city builders? Not really my speed. I know a lot of people like them. They're sort of like the the bonsai tree game, aren't they? You just yeah, tweak it here and there and leave it to run itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scavenger gives $2, says, Happy birthday, boyos. Oh, thank you, Scavenger. Thank you, Scavenger. Camja Ninja gives $5, says, Left for Dead's AI director is criminally undervalued. <laughs> Keeps the game intense. I can actually make four randos cooperate over the internet. <clears throat> yeah, Let's not I think forget it's more work. It is more work, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, the difficulty that scales without you realizing it is a, is a smart thing. Like Resident Evil 4 famously has that, um, mm. that it'll sort of, um, it'll, it'll drop items or take items away uh, in your path, depending on how well you're doing. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the Netherrealm fighters, when you're playing single player, drop the difficulty if you keep failing round to round. Yeah, which is nice. I think that's almost like the equivalent, like the uh, Mario Kart um, kind of like rubber banding. Yeah, sort of, I guess. Keeping things close. Cameron Kirkner gives 1327 and says Splinter Cell Chaos Theory had one of my favorite multiplayer modes of all time. Asymmetric 2 versus 2, where the stealth team needs to hide from and take out the assault team. It was a blast. That was great. Yeah, Spies vs. Mercs. Um, I, it's still crazy to me that that didn't sort of catch on and they didn't really keep that because I feel like aside from uh, Halo that was like the most interesting console multiplayer around in that entire generation I always kind of liked uh, the asymmetric mode in Team Fortress Classic where one player was uh, a VIP mm. and uh, the red team had to defend him and the red team yeah. could only be medic soldiers and heavies or something and the enemy team could only be snipers mm-hmm I think that's neat. Yeah, that was fun. I feel like you could also do that sort of similar idea with like a, a, a Hitman game. Mm. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei in Joya, your friend, gives two euros and says, Example for GH is Koryu. Why spin off PSP JP only? I think I'm going to need a translator for that. I don't know what GH is. Koryu, I think is a typo of the character from Yakuza, the Y spinoff that was on PSP only. Uh, okay. uh, so they're referencing a game called Koryu, which is a spinoff of Yakuza, which was in on PSP in Japan only, but I don't know what example of GH means. I got close. Okay. But well, I believe, thanks. I thought it's an example of GH. Well, thanks for your money, Shin Megami Tensei Enjoyer. Ghost hunting? Maybe. Ghost hunting. Uh, Could be ghost hunting. Uh, uh, Good housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Hanover. Could be George Hanover. That It's probably an example of a, of a good George Hanover. That is true. Anyway, Kuro Okami gives five Canadian dollars and says, Happy birthday! Also, I meant characters that have a story and or personality to motivate you beyond fetch my hat. Also good for antagonists. Hmm. Okay. Oh, GH. Right. Got a hand. 
Oh, maybe that is a Yakuza spinoff that did the thing where you could customize combos. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We did. Sorry, it. Shin Megami Tensei enjoyer. You know there yeah. isn't a character limit on these chats. You know. Thank you, you Veterinus. It wouldn't have taken that much longer to just type out gold hand. <laughs> also, you have to keep in mind that we're going to be, like, if we read GH while we're talking about God hand, we're going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. But 45 minutes later, I have forgotten everything that we talked about at the beginning of the show. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Doron Graceman Naples, who I always want to pronounce as Doron Gross Nipples, gives $5. Yeah, you could do that. And says some games, e.g. Minecraft, are perfect in their simplicity. Any attempt to incrementally improve, copy them, just creates annoying clutter. Well, quite, Dawn Grace yeah. Maples. Not really what we yeah. were talking about, but quite. I, I would agree with that. There are certain games that just are wonderful as is. Don't need to touch them. <clears throat> the Dogmatic Director gives $2. Says a bit late, but happy birthday, Yards. Thank Aww. you. Skellerboy333911. Gives $3.50, doesn't add a comment, and there isn't no. one below it either. No, I'm just looking just, and I don't see any. Just the kind of person who mysteriously throws money in the collection plate. That's a vintage Skelloboy. Oh, Skelloboy. You're the true altruism. Get out of here, Dutch Stranding. Uh, Dimitri gives five Canadian dollars. Says, I just want AAA to stop fearing auteurism. EA twisting Suda's arm constantly for Shadow of the Damned is still the example of that that pains me. You're preaching to the choir, Dimitri. I got an extra punctuation and... coming out this week for members and next week for everyone else that oh, nice. uh, you might enjoy. Well, there you go. I think you didn't you and Jack do an episode on on autourism. We might well have done. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. I would like uh, uh, more money to be used to fund interesting and weird games. Even yeah, if there's swings uh, and misses, sometimes. just throwing all the money at trying to recreate past success has diminishing response, diminishing. Uh, almost said diminished responsibility, but what I meant was diminishing yeah, returns. Returns, but yeah. Um, and also, by the time those games come out, that fad's already done. It's already on the new fad. Well, there you go. So you should just like get a bunch of mad people to realize their mad ideas and just fund all of those and bank on one of them taking off. Exactly. Abby Shalkath gives 100 rupees, says, Guys, thanks for the entertainment. Got another overlooked game mechanic. Pray glue gun. Here's the yeah. tool. Go to that place. Figure out the way. Yeah. I think the glue gun is the, probably, for me, the most memorable part of Prey. Toffee, did you fart? Toffee. Toffee did On a the big... day before his birthday of all days. Toffee did a silent but deadly. And it's just snuck its way <laughs> Classic up Classic Toffee. Nose. Classic Toffee. Uh, Mr. Black Darkness 666 gives five euros, says, does the escapist have a P.O. box so I can send Yahtzee and Marty creepy birthday gifts? Only you if have to ask Nick. I should probably I get a P.O. box for myself. I'm always yeah. complaining that all the free stuff we get just goes to the escapist office and not me. Yeah. I'd you mean like the escapist office as a just Nick? I guess. <laughs> Do you think Nick, if you like, do you think Nick, the reason Nick's buying a house is because he needs like a room to like hoard all of his, his swag? Well, he's buying a house because he's sold all the swag on eBay, maybe. Ah, oh, genius. Genius. Uh, Mr. John Rayasha gives $5, says, uh, party. I think he was trying to do an emoticon there, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Happy birthday. And then cheers in colons. Again, probably Perfect. trying to do an emoticon that didn't work out. In my in my mind, that was a very nice looking message. 
Declan Hogg gives £5. Says, first time catching one of these live. Always help to get me through my shifts. Thanks for all you guys do. Loving the content. Declan, it is our pleasure. It is so nice to hear a couple messages of folks um, um, who who use podcasts to to get them through boring moments. I appreciate that. I do the I, same thing. Yeah, there but for the grace of God go I. I've been listening to yeah. other podcasts while playing Hard Space Shipbreaker this week. <laughs> you don't want to listen to Twilight. You should just listen to D- Dwarf Rock or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, I should. Yeah. Donald Nabity gives $10, says Persona 3 had a great mechanic where you could send your party members to explore the dungeon. They'd fight, bring back items, and fill the map. I liked that too. And it was also a risk-reward thing because you'd send them off, and then if you got into a battle, you'd be down your party members, so you'd have to fight it alone. But then they'd come back and be like, look, all this shit I found. It was neat. I like envisioned an idea for a mechanic many, many years ago. Where if you were making a game like Dragon Age, there was like an open world RPG, and there was a bunch of side mm-hmm. quests, and also a bunch of playable characters, and you couldn't fit them all in your party. What if you could just, like, if you had like a bunch of old side quests you didn't want to do because the reward wasn't worth it, you could just send all the party members you're not using off on them. I think that's great. I love that. And send them could, off on like know, random tasks. And then you don't feel like you've just like not done someone's quest, just like blown yeah. it off like an asshole. But that'd be good because then you could be like, okay, if this side quest was really high level and you send a low level guy, you then get a note that being like, oh, they died. <laughs> they died trying to get you this died. guy's uh, treasure back from a dragon. You yeah. monster. Yeah. I think that sounds great. Their last thoughts were of you. Oh. Uh, Scavenger gives $5, says, I can't help myself. The world ends with you, let you sacrifice levels to get better loot drops. Dark Cloud 2 made building the village a puzzle game. Uh, that is a really interesting mechanic in, in the world that ends with you. I do agree. And uh, yeah, I think I think more more RPGs need base building slash village building and, and sort of puzzly elements. Skies of Arcadia had really good base building. Mm. Um, Suikoden had really good base building. Just give me a base in all my games. Yeah, XCOM, ActRaiser. Yeah. Oh yeah, Akrizer had great city building. Marcus Sletton gives $10 and posts a rather amusing animated emoticon of a fox rolling on the floor laughing. It's very cute. It kind of looks like Toffee, actually. Oh, yeah, you know and what? then below, happy belated benef- birthday. For the benefit What's of the viewer, I will recreate it with Toffee right now. Oh, the recently farted Toffee? Ha 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 ha. Yeah, Marcus, it's not belated at all. You're early. You're a day early for the birthday. Well, what's that? Imagine someone just listening to this without watching it and how weird that's going to sound. It's going to be great. Sort of giving me a look as if to say, I'm not going to rise to this. I I am above this humiliation. Yeah, Toffee absolutely has standards. I'm sorry, Toffee. Do you still love me? Oh. oh, he's giving me the blanking treatment. Uh, Kuro Okami with five Canadian dollars said, please put Toffee in a ZP, possibly murdering something, possibly via fart. Well, I don't really have any pictures of him close to hand. Mm. Like, uh, I put my last dog, Pepper, in a bunch of the Dev Diary games. Because I had oh, to sit him down nice. and take a load of pictures of him against a blank background before I could do that. Yeah. And I'm uh, not, not sure Toffee would really engage with that process. No. He'd probably just fall asleep. 
Barton asleep as well. I'll run, around, run around stealing my daughter's lunch because she just refuses to just stay on the dining table with it. This is the classic coffee right there. Well, I think that's all the super chats. Wunderbar. So I think we can wrap this up. Thanks for listening, stroke watching to slightly something else. We were talking about ideas from games that mysteriously haven't been ripped off by a bunch of other mm -hmm. games, and they probably should be. Yes, hopefully our conversation today will inspire a whole new era of things being ripped off. No doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, I was Yatsi Crucial. Oh, just in, just at the end there, Meister Kleist the Heist there gives three euros and sends us an animated emoticon of a little foxy dog thing waving bye-bye. So I will recreate that with Toffee now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, coming up this week, uh, well, on for my part, Zero Punctuation on Wednesday, of course, in the post-CP stream. We're doing Salt and Sacrifice. Uh, Thursday, I've got a new extra punctuation dropping for members. Mm -hmm. Not for everyone else, though. you got to wait until nope. the week after. Uh, I think that's it for Yahtzee content. Uh, Saturday will be uh, the new, uh, new Adventurer's Night for members. Oh, yes, that as well. Yeah. There you go, episode three. Yeah, the, um, are we actually starting the actual adventure with this one? Only it took three episodes. <laughs> it's just a long preamble. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's a big week for uh, members. So if you are a member, you've got a bunch of stuff coming this week. If not, we highly encourage uh, uh, joining that because aside from uh, extra punctuation on Thursday for members and Adventure is Nigh on Saturday for members, there's going to be a new episode of Snapshot on the music of Halo Infinite for members. We got a couple more snapshots lined up, as well as a couple quest logs lined up. Um, yeah, and for non-members, uh, Darren's uh, video essay on uh, Master and Commander is is back live on the main channel after some some copyright shenanigans. Um, so check that out. Tomorrow we'll be back for uh, Editor's Hour, and today we play at the normal or Editor's Hour and Hidden Gems at the normal time. Uh, Breakout and post EP on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, Nick and I will be starting our Lord of the Rings games playthroughs. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we're starting with the Bad Fellowship of the Ring game, so there you go. There's got to be quite and a few Lord of the Rings games. There's a lot of them. We're not going to do all of them. Okay. I think Nick has fond nostalgia for like the ones based on the movies, like the Did Two Towers the and Return of the King. Uh, is that still live? I have no idea. Yeah, I know. It was, a, it was like a biggie, though. It was really popular. Lord of the Rings Online? Yeah. Bunch of little Hobbit weirdos. Um, so yeah, we'll be starting that and then continuing on Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, Gears of War on Friday, and uh, Game 9 on Saturday we'll probably be playing Evil Dead. So big, big spicy week full of stuff. Fun, fun, fun in the sun, sun, sun. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, that guy, you know, just snuck in a one last cheeky super chat for $2, saying there's not enough games like Killer7. Too late, we're done discussing shit, that guy, you know. But we're I also going. agree, please fund a Killer8. Killer well, they kind of did. Yeah, that was true. Three more heroes. Sort of. That is true. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a lovely afternoon. Bye.